0: Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, senior pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland. It's a church that plants churches and Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. Hey, we're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to this week's message. We hope that this teaching helps you love God and love people better every day. And if you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now enjoy today's teaching.
1: Now we are in the middle of our uh, our series on the why and the way of Jesus, where we are we're contrasting and comparing philosophical ideas. Philosophical approaches to life, and we're comparing them with if you actually follow what Jesus teaches. What are the outcomes of this philosophical idea or this philosophical pattern of living or deciding versus what Jesus has told us to do in terms of how he says we should live? Now, last week we talked about nihilism or the idea that there's really nothing out there, everything meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. The writer of Ecclesiastes had to say to us. But we unpack the fact that it is Jesus. It is God who gives meaning to our lives. It is God who gives purpose to our lives. And if we live in this meaninglessness, it, it the end is not good for individuals or society. But if we can live in the purpose Purposefulness of Jesus and of oh God, then what we find is we find meaning in life. So you know we don't have to face this meaningless. Everything is utterly meaningless because we now know God has a purpose. Today we're going to deal with something different. Today we're going to deal with what what uh, with a philosophy known as pragmatism. Now, pragmatism, best understood, is the, the pragmatic will make decisions based on what is what is most beneficial in the moment, generally speaking, for himself or herself. So the pragmatic will make a decision not based on moral principle— Not based on on ethical principle even, but we'll make a decision based on what what is the best outcome in the immediate. What is the best immediate outcome in my life, in my goals, in my progress? What gives me the best outcome right now? And they'll make that decision because that's the pragmatic decision. A pragmatic decision simply says, what is best for what I'm trying to accomplish right now? Now, pause that that may seem like the right way to do things and i'm going to be very honest with you i'm going to be very transparent there are times in our lives when we have to be pragmatic about some of our choices that's a true statement but what you can't do is you can't allow pragmatism to overtake the way you make choices at all times because it matters that we make the right choice, not just the most profitable choice. It matters that we make the right choice, not just the most popular choice. Pragmatism will lean toward what is practical, what is popular, what is, what is profitable, what, what helps me right now. Pragmatism will think short term. And what we have to be able to do is think eternally because we are leading people to an eternal relationship with a God who will take us to spend eternity with him in heaven. And so we've got to think beyond the immediate. We've got to think not just what is pragmatic, but is it also right? Is it also moral? Is it also biblical? Is is it also what Jesus would do. Now, in order to illustrate how this works, I'm going to take you to a story in Matthew 27. So if you want to turn there, Matthew 27, go ahead and go there. While you're going there, let me lay the groundwork for what's going on in Matthew 27, because I want you to see I just want you to see the context, the cultural context we are sitting inside of. Jesus, by the time you get to Matthew 27, Jesus has had three years of ministry. He has, he has let's just be honest, he has ticked off and upset all of the religious leaders of his day. Uh, the the Pharisees, the Sadducees, uh, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, all of these folks are angry with Jesus for one reason or another. They all have something that he has taught that they don't like. Now Jesus is only teaching the ways of God because Jesus is God, but they don't. That's not what they're after. So they have now arrested him on their part. In chapter 27, they are about to hand him over to Pilate, the Roman governor, because they want to crucify him. They want to execute him for what he's doing. Because in Jewish law, if you commit blasphemy, then the the penalty for that is execution. So they are arguing that Jesus has committed blasphemy. Let Let me pause. He has not. In fact, the accusations they put against him for blasphemy are not true. They are literally put together by people that are lying about him. When he says, when he says, I'll destroy the temple and raise it in three days, they're arguing that he's talking about the actual temple when it's very clear in his words that he's talking about himself, his body as the temple. The truth is they're, they're they're coming up with people that lie about him in order to execute him, but they don't have the authority to execute him. Only Pilate, the Roman governor can give that authority. So they go to Pilate. Now, Let's pause. Let's understand the political context. Let's understand the context of the culture in the moment. It seems complicated, but it's really not. You see, the Pharisees, Sadducees, teachers of the law, chief priests, all of these people, what they are wanting to do is protect their power inside of Jewish culture because they run Jewish culture. They are the arbiters. They are the doorway to God. They are the only way anybody can find forgiveness. They are the only way anybody can find a right relationship with God. Any forgiveness you find has to happen at the temple. It has to go through the priests. It has to go, they're in complete control. And they wanna maintain that power that they have. Now, Pilate, on the other hand, is, is a governor appointed by Caesar And Pilate wants to maintain peace. That's really his only goal, because if he can maintain peace in this area that has been very difficult for the Romans to control, if he can maintain peace, it puts him in good position to maybe one day become Caesar himself. So he's working his way up the ladder. He's doing what's best for his career, and what's best for his career is to maintain peace. Now watch. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, teachers of the law, the religious leaders, they want to maintain power. Pilate wants to maintain peace, and Jesus wants to teach truth. Can I be very honest? If you are teaching truth, those in power will come against you because you're challenging their positions of power. If you want to teach truth, those who want to just keep some kind of peace will come against you because it sounds like you're arguing with people. So Jesus now has come against all of them. Pilate has to make a choice. That's what's going on in Matthew 27. Pilate has to make a choice. It says, verse 11, Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. In other words, Pilate says, Are you actually the king of the Jews? This is what they're saying you're claiming. And Jesus looks at him and said, Well, that's what you say. And in fact, what he's saying is that's also what they say. And and so he's pointing out that this is what's being said about him. Verse 12, When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now, it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. Now, now understand, Barabbas is a political agitator. He, he has murdered people. He is literally trying to break in a military sense the power of Rome over Jerusalem. So he is literally, look. Barabbas is a terrorist in very real terms. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner named Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? There was a tradition that he would release one prisoner. Do you want Jesus Barabbas or do you want Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. He knew that they were simply trying to maintain their own power. Now, while Pilate was sitting in the judge's seat, while this is going on, the, his wife sent him this message Don't have anything to do, listen to these words, with that innocent man. For I've suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders, while all this is going on, they persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. So you understand. What's going on under the underneath is, is the 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 chief priests, the Pharisees, they are trying to maintain power and they're trying to manipulate the situation to their own benefit. Why? Because that's the pragmatic choice for them. And so they pers- they, they persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas. Which of the two do you want me to release to you? asked the governor. Barabbas, the crowd answered, What shall I do then with Jesus who's called the Messiah? Pilate asked. And they all answered crucify him. I need you to understand that when you make a pragmatic choice, you're making a choice that is most popular because that's probably what's going to benefit you the most. Here's the problem. The right thing is often not the popular thing. The right thing is often not popular. The right thing is often unpopular, especially in today's culture. When we look at today's culture, let me, y'all stay with me. The, the 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 pragmatic thing for the church to do today is to let go of a lot of biblical truths and norms and and to acquiesce to culture and work in what culture says is popular. The problem is that might be the pragmatic thing and it might have short-term benefits, but it's not the right thing, so it will have long-term negative effects. I'll take you to the next one. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, in verse 24, uh, but, but that instead an uproar was starting, a riot was beginning to start, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I'm innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility, and all the people answered, His blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to him, but he had Jesus flogged and and handed him over to be crucified. Now, He's trying to do what's most profitable to him in the moment. He wants no responsibility for Jesus' death. He he doesn't want to take responsibility for his choice. But he's going to hand Jesus over to be crucified because he thinks in the moment what is most profitable to him is to avoid a riot. Think about it. He's letting go of a political agitator who has literally resorted to violence in order to accomplish his goals, and instead he is retaining and going to murder a preacher, a teacher, a a prophet, if you will, is the way they view him, a rabbi, he's going to have him crucified, who has not challenged Pilate's position or authority or Caesar's throne, but release someone who has challenged all those things and has resorted to violence to do it. Why? Because he thinks in the moment, listen to these words, in the moment, It is the most profitable thing to do. Pragmatism will always lean toward that which is popular and that which is profitable in the moment. The weakness of pragmatism is it does not tend to think long term. It tends to think in the moment. What works here? what works now and it doesn't think in terms of morality it doesn't think in terms of ethics it doesn't think in terms of theology it doesn't think in terms of god at all it's only about what is most profitable what is most popular for me that's what's going on here what's most profitable for the for the pharisees and the sadducees is that they kill jesus what's most profitable for pilate is that he avoids a riot those two things merge and Jesus ends up on a cross. But I want you to I want you to know something. They actually say here, they actually say here, let his blood be on us and on our children. They actually say that to Pilate. They actually say, We will take, we will take the responsibility for his death. We will take the responsibility for the death of this innocent person. You just do what we ask you to do. And so That's what Pilate does. I need you to know, the right thing is not always popular and the right thing is not always profitable, but the right thing is always purifying. What Pilate does in this moment, and he doesn't realize it's gonna happen, is Pilate, I want everybody to hear me, Pilate in trying to do what is most popular and profitable in the moment, Pilate in his attempt to be pragmatic, actually empowers the spiritual and moral destruction of these Jewish people in Jerusalem. Because they're taking, they have said to God now in an oath in front of all of them together, let his blood and let the responsibility of the death of Jesus fall on us. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, that is a terrifying thought. And I'm going to say this, I, I, I might be out of line for saying this, so everybody stay with me. But from that moment, now the, 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 Jerusalem has fallen under the control of the Romans long before that moment. But from that moment until the 1940s, you can look at Jewish history and you can look at, you can look at Jewish progress, the progress of the Jewish people, and you would be hard-pressed. To find a group of people more oppressed, more hated, more despised, more attacked, more killed than that group for the next 2,000 years. Why? Well, they took on themselves the blood of Jesus. They took on themselves the, 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 the killing of the Messiah. You, know, you, know, you got to understand, it might have been pragmatic in the moment, but it was not profitable. It was not profitable in the long term. Jesus says something totally different. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. I could change this word. Let us not become weary in doing right. I could change this word. Let us not become weary in being righteous. I could change this word. Let us not become weary in making the right choices. All of those words would fit here. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up I'm going to tell you pragmatism might make sense in your mind it might make sense in your moment but you must weigh it with the moral and ethical long-term outplay of what will happen in your life if you make that choice to simply make the choices based on in this moment what's most popular and most, pro- and most profitable is to set yourself up not for success but for failure in the long term. Jesus tells us to do what is right. And when we do what is right, we add value to people. We build into people. We make people and culture and society better. When we simply make pragmatic choices, we often empower the very worst in people and the very worst in the culture around us. We need to think like Jesus and be willing to stand against the pragmatism and the sin and the poor choices of our day with love, with compassion, with sacrifice, and with truth. We need to make a choice that is right, not just pragmatic. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, it's so easy to fall into pragmatism. It's so easy to think to ourselves, this is the smart thing to do. This is the right thing to do, when in fact, it's not the right thing to do long term. It's so hard sometimes to make choices that aren't popular or that are not profitable to us in the moment. But would you help us to see the world differently? Help us to look at the world through your eyes and make the right choice, not just the popular one. Make the right choice not just the profitable one. Let us make the cho- choice that brings purity into our lives and the lives of all those around us, and we'll give you praise. In your name we pray. Amen.
2: Okay, so that was really good, uh, really, really interesting. The question that I have, and I know that everybody's going to be asking, is like, okay, it's clear that pragmatism has its weaknesses, but why, why is the way of Jesus better than— why, like, why should people— Understand what we're saying, and then just believe us. Uh, why are we
1: presenting the way of Jesus is better? Well, it, okay, the way of Jesus just plays out better when you consider the long-term morality. When mm-hmm. you consider the long-term ethics of the choice you're making, uh, you're going to come out with a different choice. Pilate mm-hmm. would have come out with a different choice because it was just wrong. Yeah. It was wrong for Pilate to re- to release Barabbas. Mm-hmm. That was poli- that was that was actually pragmatically wrong. Yeah. The problem was he had now created a situation where what he had to avoid was a riot. Mm-hmm. So now he had to make one pragmatic mistake, releasing Barabbas, and another to, to achieve another, what he thought mm-hmm. was a pragmatic win, mm-hmm. avoiding a riot. Now the truth is the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees had ginned up all of this, right? Mm-hmm. They, had, they had worked the crowd up to do this. So frankly, that riot probably would not have happened or sustained because the Pharisees didn't have the real goods on Jesus to do that. Mm-hmm. you know, They just had this moment where they got the crowd all riled up, and, and that would have passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so making a pragmatic decision in a moment sometimes doesn't give you the long-term perspective you need to make the actual right decision. So making a decision that is moral mm-hmm. and that is right empowers you in the long term, Mm-hmm. makes people want to follow you more in the long term. It may cost you in the short term, but in the long term, it will reflect on you in a way that will make your reputation, your life, and everybody around you better.
2: Mm, that's good. Pragmatism is often associated with, like, empirical evidence, you know, and, and um, observable results, right? So it's very often said, very scientific. Um, sometimes making a decision like this is difficult, quantify and qualify. It's, it's difficult to figure out what is right in the moment. Um, so h- what kind of advice would you give if, if empiricism tends to lead towards pragmatism mm-hmm. and scientific evidence, which is often something that's very helpful in making decisions? Yes. Um, how can we encourage people to make a decision based but upon faith?
1: But let's settle something real quick. Empiricism, which argues that you, you need to know what empirically can be proven, mm-hmm. right? Um, leading to pragmatism is not a good way to live our lives. You don't want to live in that world. I I know we say we do. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, all the way, go all the way back to to Spock on Star Trek and, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea that he's not moved by emotion, he's just Mm -hmm. moved by logic, you know, and and then you get all these other iterations of this. Now we have AI, you know, that's doing that. And and so you don't really want to live in that world because... Mm -hmm. If you go with what can simply be proven, then in the end, strongest wins. Have mm-hmm. you ever noticed in all the stories, eventually, uh, what's the do- what's the dude's name in the Marvel story that snaps his fingers and everybody goes away? Thanos. Thanos. Yeah, there's always a Thanos mm-hmm. who is working with just logic. Mm-hmm. And if we get rid of half of all humans, the world would be in better shape.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Stop. Mm-hmm that's where empiricism and and this kind of pragmatism is going to take us mm-hmm. because there's no moral grounding you must have moral grounding right. in a world of pure empiricism and and pragmatism biggest lion wins mm-hmm. well you don't want to live in that world cuz we're dear yeah you know i mean so we don't want to live in that world and yeah. and i just i just think it's you know i don't know i it's, it's morality has to play a role how do you do that go all the way back to that old book by uh, Sheldon years ago um, and, and go back to what would Jesus do, WWJD, what mm-hmm. would Jesus do? Yeah. And asking that question over and over again will, will help you to stay in a more ethical, mm-hmm. moral thought pattern than just a pragmatic. Now let me pause. You can become so heavenly-minded you're no earthly good. mm mm-hmm. Now I'm making all choices based on a spiritual, ethical, moral. Okay, hold up. A little bit of pragmatism inside of your theological morality matters Mm -hmm. because it keeps you grounded. You don't want to become so heavenly-minded you're no earthly good. Too much pragmatism takes the morality, the spirituality, and the ethics out of it.
2: Yeah, Jesus with uh, the example of the coin, right? Yes. The guy asks him, you know, what, do I, what should I, who should I pay taxes to or whatever? I can't remember exactly yeah, the Yeah, and quote. Jesus answers the question, like, Who's whose name? image is on, yeah. the, on the coin? Kind of a pragmatic.
1: Caesar's. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar, mm-hmm. and render unto God what is God's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's so, a good balance. So
2: that kind of fits there. Yeah. So just saw a movie recently called Oppenheimer. Uh-huh. Uh, you probably know the story very well. I
1: know the story. I, but you haven't seen, seen the movie, movie yet. Okay. Probably won't.
2: Definitely can't recommend the whole movie. Um, mm-hmm. But in a lot of ways, the story um, speaks exactly to what we're dealing with yeah. right now, which is pragmatism. Because just the creation of this weapon of mass destruction right. is very much in-the-moment thinking. Yes. The long-term consequences um, were not they, – they didn't have time. To work, they, right. there was so much pressure and mm-hmm. so much demand, and I'm not making excuses. They had time enough to think about it. There were people who were very vocal about right. we should not do this, we should not create this device. Um, but if I were just to take one instance, you know, the the testing at they called it Trinity, the testing of the first bomb that they made out in, I think it was New Mexico, right? Um, did not think that through. I mean, we're talking about detonating the first <laughs> atomic bomb on American soil right um, where there's people around <laughs> there's people right. so the sci- science actually says later on that um, that those nuclear uh, isotopes and everything else it spread all over the United States right so the wind took all that stuff and exposed every person just about every person <laughs> in the United States to those things because they didn't think long-term. Right. They were like, we gotta test it someplace, it's gonna to have to be here, and they did it. Um, so you know, pragmatism, I, what you said about long-term consequences makes a lot of sense, that we, you don't have, you're doing what's popular, doing what's profitable, but you're not thinking about the long-term. But let, term. let me
1: one-up your story, because in the 90s I had the, I had the privilege of visiting Russia mm. and teaching inside of some of the schools there. I was curious because we were close enough that it was still in my mind, so I asked about Chernobyl.
2: Yeah, over in Ukraine. Because
1: there had been a meltdown in Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. And Chernobyl happened in an area that was like the breadbasket mm-hmm. for Russia. They, they, a lot of their farming was there. Yeah. Now, in this situation, you have a government that has dismissed the existence of ethical, moral God, mm-hmm. Jesus. All that's been dismissed. I said, well, what did they do with those crops? Hmm. This was literally the answer I was given. They distributed them, they distributed those crops evenly across the country. Mm-hmm. They distributed nuclear tainted food evenly across the country because that was the pragmatic choice. Mm-hmm. When you when you separate ethics mm-hmm. When you separate morality from this kind of thinking, that's what you end up with.
2: Yeah, well it turns out that the reason why that melted down in the first place Mm -hmm. was because they were pushing it too hard because they needed to meet quotas and one guy apparently wanted to push it harder than it should but also because they used inexpensive materials um, on the safety mechanism that was supposed to cool Mm -hmm. this thing down and when they put it in, because the material was the cheaper material, or I think it might have even been the wrong material, mm-hmm. it actually accelerated the problem, right. not stopped it.
1: The short-term win mm-hmm. often leads to the long-term folly.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so pragmatism tends to be really adaptable and flexible, okay. um, but we believe in unchanging principles. Can you comment on that, yes. on how the way of Jesus is, is guarded well, yes, grounded and, on that?
1: And, and what is pragmatic today mm-hmm. Is very different than what was pragmatic fifty years ago. Is very different than what was pragmatic a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. So society is shifting, over and over and over again. Society is shifting, and as society shifts, that every every time they come up with a new pragmatic, empirical piece of data that would work in in society, it hurts a different group. Mm-hmm. All they're doing is they're choosing new victims every time. In Jesus overarching mor- moral truth and Jesus overarching theology, what he's looking for you to do is to love all people, right. is to not choose victims, is to come alongside and always make winners. And if there must be a victim, make it you. Mm-hmm. And, um, because that's what we learn in Jesus. There needed to be a victim because of sin. And he, be- he said, I will be the victim. You now can benefit from my sacrifice if the whole world worked that way i talk about this in marriage a lot Mm -hmm. if in my marriage i'm willing to sacrifice everything to for tina's happiness Mm. and she's willing to sacrifice everything for my happiness Mm -hmm. nobody sacrifices anything right you see and actually in those moments when you do sacrifice there's this blessing that's coming back to you because you know <laughs> there's this joy of having one up to her on sacrifice yeah, you know yeah. oh yeah I do <laughs> and so but it's but it's building into and mm-hmm. if society could work the way Jesus laid it out mm. we would live in a much greater place mm-hmm. I actually think this is why this basis of the pulpits of, uh, ablaze with the Word of God as the country was founded, mm-hmm. and really all the way up until the 50s, and then in the 60s, it all starts to fall off. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I think that that kind of, of mm-hmm. biblical Jesus-centered teaching is what established the U.S. as what is still to this day the most generous, mm-hmm the most forgiving, the most loving. We're To to my knowledge, we're the only country in the world in history that has ever conquered another country and then rebuilt what we broke and then walked away and given them their, their sovereignty back. Hmm. I think we may be the only ones that have ever done that willingly. Uh, England did after us, uh, but, but you, you see what I'm saying, but England mm-hmm. has the same history. Mm-hmm you know, this, this this Biblical history, Yeah, I think, causes people to be willing to do right things, mm-hmm. and uh, even when they're not profitable to
2: us. Yeah, and I think that's where we really need to point out, I think this is the piece that I was hoping we'd get to, mm-hmm. you know, that the ethic of Jesus, the way of Jesus, the why, is so much better than pragmatism, because yeah, pragmatism, I mean, if we're just looking at human beings alone, it it neglects human dignity. It, does. it really does and it's destructive well, long-term. It doesn't take into
1: account human dignity.
2: It, yeah, it doesn't. It's not even a thing. Right. But but Jesus does. So the principle of just love, love al- alone, love expressed biblically, love expressed in Jesus itself flies in the face of pragmatism because I don't see how how is love pragmatic. <laughs> it's
1: not. it's it, not. Isn't
2: it not, like in it's every not. way? It's not. I'm actually thinking on yeah. the fly on that because I haven't really thought no, deeply about really it until not. it just hit me when you were talking about Jesus. I was like, yeah. Yes. Because it's not. It like the, the things that we do for the people that we love usually cost us a great deal. We go way out of our
1: way. It's like doesn't make sense. And love is only profitable <laughs> in in unmeasurable ways.
2: Yeah, it's not objective at all.
1: Yes, it's not. It's
2: not. Um, it might be pragmatic in that we're trying to um, make somebody feel loved in that moment. Right. But it's a long. It's this long term infinite game that we're playing. It's not this.
1: I had this Short conversation term with my with uh, with my daughter uh, daughter in law and her sister recently, and um, it, I, had a, I forget how we got there. But mm-hmm. I said I said, look, a lot of people will look at me at the end of a conversation or when they walk away and say, "I love you," mm-hmm. and I won't return it because you don't know me like that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: You know, because that term "I love you" has become a "you're a good person." Goodbye, now I'm leaving. Right, and I said I looked at him I said if I say to you I love you there's a weight to that Mm -hmm. because there's a meaning to it for me because I have thought about it I don't use that word until I've thought through it I think in in modern terms we've taken that word and we've in in order to somehow quantify it Mm. we've diminished it what you're talking about the love you're talking about is not pragmatic right and is not is not is often not profitable to the person in any measurable objective way Mm -hmm. but the love they're talking about is because what you're saying is i like you i want to see you again Mm -hmm. gotta go now love you (laughs) bye you know and and i i just think you cheapen i think pragmatism tends to cheapen Everything that God laid out there mm. that is moral and that is right mm-hmm. and that is good,
2: yeah, there are values beyond utility absolutely, and those values are they there is some sort of some sort mm-hmm. of feeling that's created when you know that you're living your values. There is something I guess that you do get out of it by just living it, believing it, doing it, mm-hmm. but um, it doesn't necessarily provide the success it's not definitely not popular. Right a lot of the time. But long term, it seems to have the right answer. And most importantly, you're doing it for an audience of one, which is something that we've said in pulpits for years. But when you think about it this way, we live to please one person, right? Right? And and if we can be pragmatic about pleasing him, I'm using the term loosely now, but like if if we wanna please him, then we gotta do what he wants us to do. And he's given us a really good blueprint how to live agree so you used I'm a excited. great
1: word there uh pragmatism overplayed becomes utilitarian mm-hmm. and utilitarianism is not a world we want to live in
2: No, no 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 well this has been fun we're going to do this again next week we're going to talk about entitlement yep it's going to be great
0: thank you again for joining us we hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving god and loving people better every day if you enjoyed this please share it with your friends Lastly, we just wanted to give a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. If you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, just click give for more information. We appreciate anything you can do to help. Thanks for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.